Yeah, they're... everybody this is phil with waste division uh i'm gonna chat here out front for probably a few minutes so if you just want to get to the conversation with boogie go ahead and skip to that otherwise um it's kind of funny i'm just hanging out in la and i've been here i guess a week or so and i originally was going to come down for five days to do some podcasting. I had been in touch with some LA-based podcasts that I'm uh, really into. I was also sick, which is great. I had a bad throat thing, couldn't swallow really. Um, And anyway, I was checking my flight times for when I thought I was going to leave, which is just this past Tuesday, Thursday, Friday today. Um, And I looked at them, and the time was correct. It said 7 a.m., just like I remembered. And then the date was different. It was March 3rd, and I had intended to go out a week earlier. So that was scary, and I'm fairly poor, so I just couldn't really afford to buy a last-minute plane ticket back on the correct day. So I just decided to clear my schedule and kind of take a vacation down here. I've really enjoyed LA and I've been meaning to check it out for a while. So it seemed like a good opportunity and I didn't have any gigs or anything. So it was pretty easy for me to, to bail on real life stuff um, and hang out here. Thankfully also I have some friends um, staying with my public defender buddy named Kevin, who's super cool and being really generous, letting me crash an extra week essentially at his house. And then, Um, I also ended up connecting with another buddy's uncle of mine, um, well, my buddy's uncle, and we went out to Joshua Tree National Park, which is pretty cool, uh, probably one of my favorite places in the world, I think, it's so weird, and there's beautiful rock structures out there, um, yeah, so I've stayed with Kevin, stayed with Julius's uncle, Steve, and then stayed with my buddy Jeff Jones as well. Uh, out on Venice Beach. So it's been a nice trip, and it's been unexpectedly long, which I'm enjoying. I haven't had a vacation for a second. Um, And I've had an opportunity to come down here and meet some really cool people, one of them being the guest today, whose name is Boogie. Count Boogie is his legal name. He is a host of a podcast that I'm a big fan of called The Perverted Podcast, Um, It's a kinky podcast, and they also do a bunch of work with uh, communication, and they do outrageous sort of uh, demos on their show, where they do kinky demos. They've tied up one of Boogie's girlfriends, I think, on the show before, and just sort of narrated it as they do their other segments. It's rather entertaining. Uh, I really appreciate Boogie's style, which is pretty punky. They, you know... 
I mean, he's living out of a storage unit and still carrying on with their show. And of course he gets support from his show, which helps, but, um, I really like that sort of grit. And I also like, he's very open about mental issues that he has, uh, mental health issues. Um, I mean, on this podcast, he openly discusses hearing voices and stuff pretty regularly. And, um, I don't know. It's just kind of nice that he normalizes that type of shit too. Um, do, 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 do. And also he's just like very loose on the show when they're talking about like how they operate in their relationships, he'll fuck up and he'll just sort of own it and, and say, ah, Kathy, I, I fucked up again. And I find something really relieving about approaching fuck ups that way. Just being open and not acting like, uh, we dropped a valuable glass piece into a million pieces and we have to freak out whenever we fuck up but but instead just being like ah damn it like all right i did it again how can we work through this um his show's really funny and he does it with a woman named kathy and they're super cool i met with boogie in north hollywood in a storage shed that he lives in he lives in his car in the storage shed and Um, he makes it work. He's got a tight little spot with all his gear in there and then a massage table that he uses for naps or, um, for company or as a work station. Uh, so he's really interesting guy, very funny, good talker and their show is great. So be sure to check out the perverted podcast. You can just search that on any of your podcast apps or whatever. Um, Let's see. Okay, so next order of business is that I have to talk about talk about Dry Fest 7.5. We have been working on this half festival for our other our main DIY festival called Julia Louise Dry Fest. So uh, this is Julia Louise Dry Fest 7.5, kind of a half iteration of it. We're testing out like a new team basically. Last year, I did not do a very good job organizing and delegating tasks uh, for the main fest. And kind of this year was like, all right, that's not fucking happening ever again. Cause I ended up working like 50, 60 hours over the course of three days last festival. And that was because I didn't delegate properly. Um, so I've been working with Ty, my buddy Ty Herman, um, on stuff. And our other members of the team, Eric Tonis and Cooper Malin, and other folks. I hope I didn't forget a big one. I don't think so. Jordan Finn is helping out too. Um, and we have been doing um, different stuff with our sponsorship uh, packages. Last year, I had a really basic structure for sponsors, and this year, uh, for 7.5, we've got kind of a more detailed thing. I've been thinking of myself as, like, Don Draper, essentially. Um, I've been really into Mad Men the last year or so, and it's really funny to find myself putting together, um, basically, ad spots and trying to find all these little places that we can um, put company logos and shit on for our festival so that we can make money uh to pay our artists more and to kind of just run a better better system overall turns out that things cost money so um for dry fest 7.5 we're really really lucky to have two big sponsors 
Bloom, Montana, which is a marijuana dispensary across the state. So if you need um, medical marijuana, definitely hit them up. And we are also receiving support from April at Imagining Tattoo. Uh, it's a really great shop. April does really nice work. And she's super sweet, super cool lady. Um, so be sure to hit up Bloom, Montana or Imagining. You can find Bloom at Bloom Montana on Instagram. I think it's just Bloom MT. And you can find Imagining's stuff uh, on April's page mostly, which is at April Dawn, I believe. Um, or you can just Google Imagining. I M A G I N I N C I N K. Like Imagining, but with a K instead of a G at the end. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's my sponsorship plug for this episode i hope you guys don't hate us for doing some more money stuff but you know we gotta we gotta do something gotta pay the bills buy food or whatever um let's see last things check out waste-division.org if you want more uh, information about the fest you can find early bird tickets there for 10 bucks we're charging 15 day of show so if you want to take off five bucks save yourself beers worth of money uh, go to waste-division.org and you'll see on our main page or on our menu a tab for uh, Julia Louise Dryfest 7.5. Um, you can also find other work of ours. We post visual art on there by our peeps and I post updates about podcasts or uh, my band or we just kind of do different shit on there. And lastly, if you want to support us by subscribing on our Patreon, you can help us pay for overhead costs uh, it costs money to pay for this podcast, broadband, uh, platform deal, and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'm not going to talk too much longer. Um, it's ended up being much longer than I expected. But there you go. I guess that's what podcasts are for, right? This conversation with Boogie is pretty short compared to most of my other ones. We got like just under an hour, and it was super fun. And I'm really thankful that he was willing to meet with me. And show me his spot there in the storage unit. Um, they also have a Patreon if you want to give them support. They're doing good work educating people about kink stuff and kind of normalizing this stuff. And I think it's important. So, yeah. Gross. That is just disgusting. Welcome to Filthy Talk. You know, so maybe people have to be happy, but then it's like the Romans with cake and circus, you know, you guys are all fucking poor. So here's your cake and then here's your gladiators. Now you can feel like you're middle class. And now we have you can get a 65 inch TV for 400 bucks. Right. And so you're like, oh, okay. well, now I'm fine. Right. Because I have some cool shit. Sure. The toys. Yeah, you have the toys. I just want to turn it on. Oh, sure. Um. So yeah, I just kind of describing to Boogie. So Boogie, have you been called Boogie for a long time? I've been Boogie for yeah, more more of my life than I've been called anything else. Okay, yeah. cool, nice. Um, so just telling Boogie a bit about kind of the goal of this podcast, um, describing like, oh god, I talked really fast and they're big ideas, <laughs> but like uh, this sort of war on humans under capitalism, where a lot of these structures um, in society don't really seem like to benefit humans. And how I'm trying to do reporting with people who I think are, like, kind of in the trenches. Sure. And, like, doing difficult work. I mean, 
like we could talk more about your story and goals, <laughs> but like you're not like living a glamorous life, but you're no, doing, we're in my like, storage unit right now. Yeah. We're in your storage <laughs> unit with like a miniature studio and there's pretty much all of your belongings and this is it us. in my car. This is it. This yeah. Is, this is all I have in the world. There right. is nothing. Maybe there's a, you know, pair of pants or underwear <laughs> strung on some <laughs> lovely lady's bedpost <laughs> or something. But other than that, this is, this is the accumulation of my external. Yeah. 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 Which, uh, <laughs> nice, which is good. I don't want it to be that much right. because I've, I've been in that, trap long ago mm. where it's like oh the more you acquire externally you know that's the security then or, then that's your security and that's yeah. who you are and your identity but i've right. never i've never been too much right into that well so yeah i mean i guess that's good given your current position but. given my current <laughs> position well it also gives me the flexibility sure. to make different choices right when you because the more stuff you have the more of an anchor it is sure so yep. if you got a kid if you got kids and a big house and cars and stuff like that yep. every decision that you make you have those things in front of that decision right, right. where if you have less stuff and you can pack into a storage in a couple of days you know you could as long as you can pay for storage dude i could go i could go visit you in montana i right. could go to europe i could go to any any type of place and you right, don't right. have to worry about those anchors totally yeah that's a big thing and i'm kind of getting more into that um so anyway, i guess just generally to get us going i wanted to come talk to you about like what it's like to be in the trenches usually i like try to get a bit of a narrative from sure. people like how they got to where they are sure um but i also like it to be like a two-way conversation as well sure. like um it seems to be pretty valuable like when i'm doing these to like talk about what i'm going through too because there's usually like analogs between situations and um so on, on that note if you want to like ask me any questions or kind of come my sure, way sure i have no fucking idea who you are yeah right so <laughs> I was i'm thinking, like what's your story <laughs> yeah, I know yeah billings montana that's what i know you yeah, came out here definitely. podcast you're you're uh from what I gather so far, you know, you're you're trying to get under the skin of of the the machine and the box yeah. that that we're all kind of forced to go into yeah. to make somebody else money and right. and to give us the illusion that we're happy. Definitely. Uh, so I, I definitely uh, I'm into that because I think there needs to be a balance between those two things. Right. I think having things is great mm. um, and fun, but if if that's all you are, then then all we are is just mass polluters and we really shouldn't even be here right totally so, and then there's nothing it's all external and there's nothing yeah yeah there, there's nothing to it all we're yeah. doing is just creating trash and pollution which is pretty yeah. much all we i am an agent smith fan from the matrix oh when he told uh <laughs> you know morpheus that all we are is a virus yeah yeah that's what we are i'm kind of so that i'm too. trying to just see you know we should either be completely annihilated and allow the planet to try to recover from us right or we can find that balance that we actually evolve to where we can be sustainable and still exist just like another creature without destroying the entire surface of the yeah. planet. But either way, I'm cool. Right, right, right. You know, right. I but fucked enough chicks, dude. You know, <laughs> you know, I've had a great life. I've, you know, I've done some fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's time for, you know, humans to go, then, then I, you know, greedily, I've, I'm, I feel I'm, I'm You're done. You're good. <laughs> so, so you, when, so, so yeah. your back, what's your back thing? My story... Is that what you mean, backstory? Yeah. 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 Um, I grew up in Billings, pretty much Montana, born and raised. Went to school in a town like six hours away, 350 miles away from my hometown for English and philosophy. And went back home with 
my girlfriend at the time, we were high school sweethearts. So we right. started dating like senior year and moved back home. Both got like kind of college jobs or whatever. I was working in a law office for about a year. Sure. And then doing music si- How stuff. How did you like the law office? I hated it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but I was also doing music stuff on the side. And so after a year of like almost literally like pulling my hair out because of anxiety in the office, it was tight. It was like definitely not the like the best law office for me i think like there could have been environmental law office that i ended up in that might have been looser but this was like tight real estate um estate trend or estate structuring with people's like wills and like trusts and like very bureaucratic very uh, yeah there's no there's no humanity in that totally laws and yeah yeah and it's like finicky clients and stuff like that so after a year decided to quit dedicate to like arty shit i had been podcasting at the time so want to do a little more of that and i have like a website with my friends that we run we call ourselves an art collective um it's kind of like an online magazine for like regional montana art sure sure. so we like just find people that we like or are friends with um well hopefully both and put their art on there and um just use it as a way to get stuff out there so i got divorced like 18 months ago or so congratulations i know it was it was good for both of us definitely um and you only need to do it once that's the great thing about marriage yeah. it's like you're like hey i i i followed the system right. and they said i was this was exactly. what i was supposed to do and i did it and you survived you 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 seem to be upright and able yeah. to move and somewhat ever yeah. <laughs> and you had that experience and now you never need to suck that fucking dick again i would say the same thing yeah you can, just, <laughs> you can love people when you love them and right. when you guys are done loving each other mm. you can amicably just say this doesn't work anymore right right in in theory at least definitely well and that's the goal even with my uh ex-wife who i don't even like that term her name is sydney sure so um sydney and i are still very close and like confidants which is nice part of that is because we started a conversation about uh polyamory like before we got married right it was something i was interested in she was not so we spent i don't know i guess a couple like a year and a half before we got married and then our marriage trying to figure out like a monopoly thing. Right. Which is pretty difficult. Yeah. Usually yeah. when people aren't into it, they're just not, not into it. And yeah. then maybe they're trying to be, I had that relationship, mm. uh, with, uh, abyss who I was mm. on, on the show mm-hmm. and she was monogamish, uh-huh. but she, she had a, a very different view of that than I did. Right. And, and you can try, I mean, great total props, yeah, to the process of somebody who's not into some but something, but willing to try totally and give that experience and to see all the different angles of it, and then at the end discover, you know what? I gave it a real good run. I am not into this. Right. So and we I, both did that to some extent, I yeah. think, which is good. But um, yeah. Anyway, so since then, just been kind of like picking up the pieces of my life to some extent and. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of into relationship anarchy more and more as opposed to like describe polyamory uh, anarchy relationship anarchy. So like whereas sometimes in poly relationships we have hierarchies like Mm. primaries and secondaries relationship anarchists aren't really into that. Right. So like I tend to think of like a lot of my friends as partners almost or like I'm in bands. So those are people I work really closely with. And usually I only try to work with people I like or like my good friends. It's a good good goal. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like given that my bandmates end up being my partners or like, um, 
that sort of thing. So just sort of like leveling everybody and taking. So you're, I mean, just the varying levels of intimacy, sexuality, eros, you know, and non-sexuality. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So anyway, I I think that's. I, I mean, in general, it would be great if, as a society, we could once again move towards that balance right. of not being so rigid in our descriptions. And uh-huh. I'm, if you listen to the show, I'm really big on getting away from labels right. and identities and things like that yeah, because yeah. your interpretation of whatever that label is mm. is going to be different than mine. Mm. And if we stop at that identity, I'm gay, straight, poly, mm. whatever, then I'm instantly going to judge you with what my interpretation of that is. Your understanding Instead of, of having that conversation. Totally. Instead of, it's great to start with to say, oh, I'm poly. And yeah, it's yeah. like my first question would be like, what does that mean to you? Right. And then we're at least communicating and starting from somewhere. Totally. And then I'm still having a relationship with you and not just some box yeah what i think Uh you know what i was Ah. told that it means you know so now i'm not an individual anymore i'm actually just now judging you completely kind of like religion and i went through that whole crap sure you know it's the same thing so the more we get to that communication away from those labels i think so i like the i like the idea of the anarchist uh, yeah it's a good definition we're always fucking with labels or like mostly just mad at them i guess (laughs) um do you have a lighter here at all I, I do, I think. Can I smoke right here? Is that like a bottle? No, you? you can't smoke. No. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> um, Storage, you know, things. Of course. Yeah, yeah, they don't want you smoking. Word. Okay, so let's see. I feel like you have a bit about me. We can also come back, but... Sure. Can I talk to you about, like, how or when... Like, because I've been listening to the show for a bit, you know, a year or something. I still don't have, like, a great idea of your origins or... And I don't know how much you want to talk about that. I talk about... There's there's nothing I really want to talk... Unless there's... You know, there's still statute of limitations on things. (laughs) You know, I can't talk about those things. (laughs) But but in general, yeah, no, just um, your basic... uh, I was adopted, uh, uh, abusive childhood misunderstood you know because i had all my issues and the the my parents didn't understand at all how to deal with it they had an idea in their head Mm. how having a kid was supposed to be and i was not that kid right so it wound up just being a very physically and verbally abusive Mm. uh situation my whole childhood and so there was a lot of problems Mm -hmm. um and then of course drugs came very very Mm. early right because i was already on ritalin as a kid And so, you know, I was already having hallucinations and overdosing on it because I would take, like, bunches of them, you know. You can hallucinate on Ritalin? Yeah, that's a side effect they don't tell kids. They don't tell the parents. Yeah, basically my entire childhood I had to worship my stuffed animals every night as I went to bed so they wouldn't kill me in my sleep whoa because nobody explained to me what a hallucination was what so my stuffed animals were alive and then i was constantly ridiculed and judged because i was so afraid of my stuffed animals but i'm like they're they're moving that's what you saw they're moving on my shelves at night so damn um, yeah so yeah by the way if you're gonna have kids you're gonna put them on drugs find out what the side effects are but in the 70s they nobody knew and you weren't supposed to put a kid four years old on ritalin Mm. because their brain is still developing so makes sense so whatever you know i don't you know we can't go back in time and and so we're here so um but yeah there was a lot of problems with that Mm. so a lot of mental illness Mm -hmm. you know that that resulted from that and a lot of trauma um 
And so that, of course, went into the drugged out teenage years and runaway. And then, of course, the asshole on the street that tells me that God's going to forgive all my sins. And and so I fell into the whole religion thing, became a preacher, did Christian comedy, got married, got divorced, lived in a car, got hired by a major radio station, was not prepared for reality, got fired from the the biggest opportunity of my life because I didn't know what I was facing. Yeah. And then it went back into drugs and alcohol and, oh, okay. and all sorts of crazy stuff. And, yeah. and then I, you know, bumbled my way through sobriety and, and out of sobriety. And I've been, you know, almost eight years sober now. Yeah. And, and so uh, so then it just, uh, the ups and downs, there was great moments and then bad moments and, and right. always trying to get another show or whatever. And then finally I found the kinky lifestyle mm. after I turned 40. Okay, so it was late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was always kinky and, yeah. I, you know, I always had, you know, a very, uh, sex, my sexuality was, was pretty much the Healthy. prime <laughs> yeah. focus of, of uh. everything that I did mm. and still is. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not going to change. Um, yeah. But, uh then I found the lifestyle probably around age 40, about 11 years ago. And, uh, and then I really started to learn a lot of things. I mean, yeah. I was always trying to be a student or whatever, mm, but right. it just became, once you get in a community mm-hmm. of people, it's like anything, you know, if you hang around model airplane people and you're around a thousand model airplane right. people, you're going to learn a lot of different points of views about how to make a fucking model airplane. Definitely. And it's the same thing for kink and sexual diversity, right. polyamory, and just the level of community communication was always that's what was attractive to me because i like i like the before the during and the after mm. so i like the discussion before oh what are we going to do let's yeah. uh, let's uh, plan plan produce produce right, right. and then of course the actual show sure and then you know that's and then and then reviewing the show afterwards and either learning mm. or telling me how great i was you know that's, yeah. that's very important i like my right. validation right 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 <laughs> just like anybody else <laughs> so um the lifestyle was fantastic for that yeah because that's you know if you want to uh. do things and not go to jail for rape you and do it yeah you it's yeah. it's the more you negotiate and understand that there's something in it for both people and what are you going to do if something goes wrong and mm. you know because things in- inevitably can right. go wrong and they do um the more of that you have, not only the wiser do you get, um, but the better the play gets. Sure. Because now there's some trust ah. and you have an idea where they can go. They have an idea where you can go and you know that if you run into this problem, here's our plan of action. Or protocol. You know, yeah. yeah. Here's what we're going to do and try to you know mitigate these, these problems. Right. And then all of a sudden, because of that trust you can then go farther mm. if you desire mm. to you know to explore deeper right. parts of yourself that's why there's a difference between pickup play mm. you know where you just play with someone oh they they oh I want a spanking you know mm. I want to try a fire play or you know something like that right, right. you know that's that's nice uh-huh. you only go to this level sure you know you but, don't develop a relationship yeah but then but then after you've played a little you know while that's when it starts to get really cool so sure. it was it's, so this process has been really amazing and then yeah. of course you know, after years of doing it and all the other things that I've done in my life and, and I'm like, I really should just do a show. Yeah. I really should do a show about this. And I had Kathy who I'd been friends with for a long time and some other people in the lifestyle. And, and, uh, when we started, uh, uh, there was fee uh-huh. who was also in the lifestyle for a long time and her and I were friends 
and she was really the great driving force uh, to start because I'm obviously I'm nuts you know (laughs) I'm just completely fucking all over the map you know I got a billion ideas right you know and all sorts of mental you know obstacles that I deal with (laughs) yeah all that I deal with are voices endless Mm. voices all day and so it was great like when you're in a band if everyone in the band is focused on the goal of the band yeah. well then it's like a little church you sure. know you all kind of encourage each other mm. and when someone gets a little off track you're all hey brother you got to pick <laughs> up that bass and, and write a goddamn melody <laughs> nice. otherwise this is going to sound like turd yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> so so it was great so fee for the like for a couple of weeks we sat down and she just helped me organize Flash my out. ideas and then she had ideas mm. uh, and then we started the show and we brought in Kathy and I was dating Abyss at the time, uh-huh. and uh, and so we started with that, and and then just kind of saw where it went. And of course, I had ideas because I had done major market radio, and I was right. trained by like the best of the best, you uh-huh. know. So I had all of these great ideas of how it should be. Of course, I've done almost none of them, yeah. correctly. Uh, <laughs> but at least I had a concept of how to sure. to do a show and mm-hmm. to have elements and jingles and because of my mm. music and stuff like that I was right. able to put in all the funny little jingles yeah. and things like that that I was actually good at right. you know when I was in in the radio thing mm. and so we were able to put together you know for better or for worse mm-hmm. a pretty coherent you know kind of fun here's what it is kind of show right 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 and and that's evolved to uh this and now we have like 14 million subscribers and 355 million listeners yeah and there's aliens that come (laughs) down and fucking zap us up to their fucking planets to fuck their hot alien chicks and oh my god i fucking swear to god you know politicians everyone listen well okay or you know you know, about a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> thousand people listen. It's a good size church. <laughs> it is a good size. It's not church. millions. It's not as big as I had hoped. <laughs> but um, but we do serve a community of people that have nothing. Yeah, most of the people that listen to perverted podcasts are in places. Are they rural? A lot of places yeah. are rural, or just they just don't have big communities. I mean, there's some uh-huh. people from big cities, and they just like us because we're fun, and right. they they feel like they can relate to us. Um, but most people are like, you're our kink community. Right. You are, we can't talk about these things. We're I would gonna... say that a little bit for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what's really exciting is is it has. And uh-huh. my past as a preacher and yeah. stuff like that is like, I really do look at this as like our little kinky church. Nice. And and it's great <laughs> for all the followers to get together once a week. And, right. and we just worship communication and we worship yeah. how to build our relationships with each other and nice. how to fuck up and learn from it. Right. And how to be honest about those fuck ups. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which doesn't make us look good. But, you right. know, and, and that's pretty much where we landed right now yeah well that's something i love about the show is kind of i i always think of it as like punk as fuck somehow like you guys are pretty i mean obviously like pretty scrappy and um that comes across too with like kind of the transmission of the content or like the theory like because of like how you are just like goofy and like joking around it it kind of enables you to be like ah guys i fucked up again and like just go right into it and like not really be afraid of fucking up per se and like i think that openness and like 
vulnerability is really something that we don't see a lot in it's in not our a culture. lot it's not a lot in media and there's a reason for that yeah notice that we're in my storage unit right notice that I live in a car mm. the reason for that is because when you stand up to people and when you say things that are unpopular with mm. people you lose your social standing mm. you lose things I got kicked out of the place I was at yeah because I stood up to people I was wondering they, about what, and they yeah. said fuck you yeah. get out you know, I said, you can't be like this. You can't do this to other people. Mm. And they said, fuck you, get out. Mm. So there's consequences to being punk rock. And when you start mm. getting old and you're 51 and your back hurts, yeah. you don't want to sleep in a car and piss in a jug anymore. Right. But that's the, what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't know how to shut the fuck up. You right. know, that's really what the, <laughs> the problem I have is. that problem too. And so it is kind of punk rock in the sense, but I am an old punker and- uh, uh. And my back is hurting. My back is a little sore. I would that, like to have a nice tub. A tub. <laughs> Just a nice, a nice not punk rock tub. You know, <laughs> like like I can maybe listen to the Dead Kennedys over here. Right, right. And that's good. But you know, I would like like maybe a good Enya bathtub. Nice. <laughs> Just soak in once in a while. For sure. Do you have a bed in, in here somewhere sometimes? Yeah, no, have? I have I, I ripped out all the seats oh, and, okay. and the ravioli. And then of course right here, as you can see, this is all my stuff's on a massage bed. Oh, um, so I can when it's colder in the hot in the heat it gets too hot. Yeah, obviously to nap. Yeah, so yeah. I can move. You know, like here I have. You know, I do my video and and jingles here. Yeah, and you know, in in the West Wing, I do that <laughs> on this side, and then I move over to this section of the massage table, <laughs> which we will call the foyer, <laughs> and uh, I have the setup of the studio. And then with your effects pedals, with shit. the effects pedals, yeah. and so yeah, like if I need to, uh, you know smuggle somebody in here huh. you know i just move everything notice everything's <laughs> on a tray everything can be easily kind of stacked right right you know and it is funny how many women and i've noticed this because i've lived in and out of cars yeah. and motorhomes and stuff for probably over 10 11 years okay. of, of my adult life yeah and uh, nothing i'm proud of but sure. that's just you know Facts. part of being a punker <laughs> um but how many girls and women uh just love the idea of that kind of dirty, filthy adventure. <laughs> like, I'm gonna go fuck some guy in his storage yeah. unit. There's just something just so wrong yeah. and socially like, but then there's like this it's hot, so hot, like, yeah, it's just so creepy <laughs> and hot, you know, because I obviously it's not my model, <laughs> my supermodel <laughs> physique that's getting them in here. I think it's just the fact that, you know, they, you know, they know they can trust me ish, yeah. ish. Right. Can't really trust anybody, but, mm. you know, I have a show and I talk every week, so at least they know. Well, you know, there's some accountability, right? Right. You right. know, he, he does have to go on the show, and people will write letters and complain and call Definitely. the police and stuff like that. So okay, You're I'll not fuck just him. An anonymous this. guy. I'll just let him molest me in the storage unit. It's okay. <laughs> man, yeah, that's pretty funny. You're a wild man. <laughs> I just want my Enya bath. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bath bomb. It would be great fizzing up by my testicles with a little rag over my eyes. Maybe some cucumbers under it. Fuck it, dude. That's what you need. I'm ready. And every time I get close to that, I'm like, I gotta fucking stand up to some shit. This is bullshit. God damn it. Back in the car. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. So you had a space. You guys don't have a space for your show now, per se. Yeah, we're we're, uh, going around. Yeah, we're uh, we're uh, nomads again, because while we're, I mean, 
if you're in LA, like you were just telling me some of the prices of places to live in Montana. Yeah. And I would not be in this storage unit if I had the money that you said you need to live in Montana. Right. Uh, Los Angeles is, is hideously expensive. No, it's crazy. You know, like a crappy single apartment in a crappy area is like 1200 bucks a right. month, 11 1200 bucks a Damn. month. You know, and so that's a lot of money if you don't have it. And the show pays a little bit of money. Our listeners yeah. are, are really, I mean... Everyone says they have the best listeners in the world, but mm. fuck you, we we do have mm. the best listeners in the world. Not that your listeners aren't great; <laughs> they're great because they have you, right? You know, um, but you have generous listeners. We do. Or? Our listeners, yeah. yeah, are pretty good. I mean, you know, we make a few hundred bucks a month. You yeah. know, it's not like we're making whatever, but for right. the size of audience that we have, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, if you only, you know, we get about twenty five hundred plays a week, right, or whatever, and then so it's about a solid church of about you know like twelve hundred, fourteen hundred people, okay. Weekly that pretty much listen to the show every week. Right. So for them to cough up a few hundred bucks, it pays for the storage. Yeah, yeah. You know, it pays for the servers, the website, mm. you know, right. all, all the SoundCloud stuff and stuff like that. Mm. So, I mean, uh, what would what would we do without yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's not at this point. If we had 10,000 listeners, then we might have enough to, you know, get a bigger place and a warehouse and you get know, boogie we, a bath and get yeah my my enya bath i mean at this point i'm pretty cool with like a jug you know and <laughs> just, just put a little to put like an alka seltzer in a hot bowl you know and just dip my balls in it or something i mean i, I i'm willing to negotiate yeah, yeah i'm willing to negotiate my like luxury it doesn't i don't have to get it all the way we could probably get that hooked i could up probably like this get, that would be yeah like go to home depot go to a hardware store and get a five gallon I'll buy you a bowl and some alka that, I appreciate that. I really, really do appreciate that. See, now I've just realized I set my bar too low because there's a bunch of freaky perverts out there that'll be like, I'd like to see that, you fucking loser. Um, I want to go back to, you said Christian comedy? Yes. Um, that's fascinating. In other words, talentless. <laughs> yeah, that's talentless refer to Jesus a lot of times. <laughs> That's pretty much what it. That's the code subtext. Is this how you got into comedy? Well, I got into comedy first. I don't know if you, you're, you're, how old are you? Twenty six. Okay, so you don't necessarily remember the Doctor Demento days. No. Um, Doctor Demento was a radio host, a goofy, zany guy yeah. with little bells and razzy, you know, that forties and fifties style nice. stuff. But he was really into funny songs. Mm. And so Dr. Demento was the first guy to like kind of organize all the people that wrote funny songs. And oh. so he had a show, you know, in the in the 80s. Uh -huh. I think he started in the 70s. But then, of course, the early 80s, the so late 70s, early 80s. And he had the Dr. Demento show. And he played, played, yeah. but he played all the funny songs and like some of the old Hello Mother, Hello Father. You okay. Know, that type yeah, of stuff. yeah. But then all the funny people, local people, and uh -huh. he would play anything. Mm. You know, he would just be. Be like you would send him a cassette if it was funny he'd be like i'm gonna put it on my show yeah yeah and so all these artists that did comedy you've heard of a guy weird al yankovic uh, maybe well yeah. that's where he started <laughs> oh, on the dr demento show oh. he showed up with an accordion and did his parody of Goofy. another one bites the dust oh. and that's weird al nice. you know that's where weird al launched so wow so of course i listened to dr demento and then i started writing funny songs yeah and so I started sending in some of my songs, and then Doctor oh. Demento started playing some of my no kidding. my songs, and huh. then you know the you know some of them you know 
nothing did really you know great or whatever yeah. but it was great to be on a show sure. and it was a syndicated show right 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 and so because of that i you know i was doing the christian comedy thing and whatever mm-hmm. and then i got i crashed a a, a radio station gig locally for, on a big station and, and was the this pr- the opportunity you were talking about? Yeah, this was the opportunity. Oh, okay. And then I just said, hey, I do, you know, whatever, you know, I do funny songs. And they're like, it was in a, a remote. And they're like, what, you know, what's the producer was talking to me? He's all, what do you do? And I go, blah, blah, blah. He's all, really? Mm. And I go, yeah, I do some stuff on the Dr. Menno show. And he goes, really? Mm. And, I, and then he's all, hey, we have a segment coming up in 10 minutes. Can you do it? And so I just wrote a fucking song. You know, I had a song and oh. just blah. And then everyone loved it. Blah. And then blah. And then I got a job in major oh. market radio oh. out of my van. Uh, oh, funny. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then completely just fucked it up because I had a nervous breakdown and couldn't deal with death threats all day and you know just oh. all yeah could yeah death threats all day yeah yeah radio is uh, real radio is very competitive and very backstabby especially when you get into major cities yeah and you know if you can roll with it and understand this is what the game is then you can probably you know deal with it yeah but um, when you're going from Jesus and God and all that. You know, just softy, complete fairy tale, yeah. whatever. To you know, this is how the world really works, kid. Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I was, I had no skills, yeah, yeah, to yeah. deal with that whatsoever, and Word. so I just freaked out and, you know, you Quiet. know, yeah, no, they fired oh, me. Yeah, 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 fired, I was, right, yeah right. it was there was bad things that happened, um, <laughs> but uh, that didn't go well. But what were we talking about? Christian comedy is where we started. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, so you do that, and then, yeah. of course, you sing funny songs about, you know, Christianity and Jesus and whatever, and you say right. Jesus a bunch of times. People love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were, I, li- I listen, there's two. One day, see, I, the only regret of not being famous, I have, I have two things that are, a couple things that are good mm. about the fact that I never made it. Mm. Number one is I will never, because I have no career. <laughs> I will never be asked to do an interview on the Hot Ones, that Hot Wings, oh, that Hot Wings right. show where they make you eat fucking ten of the death, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. death Hot Wings. You know, if I was famous, I'd have to go on that right. show, and then I would shit my pants and die mm. eating the Hot Wings. So <laughs> I'm glad. I love the, I love that show. Yeah, it's a yeah, great, yeah, yeah. The guy's a great interview for sure. Um, but uh, so I'm grateful for that. And then uh, <laughs> what? I don't know what I was talking about. That's okay. Something um, ramble. <laughs> Can uh, so I just wanted to get your timeline a little bit on your story there a little bit better. So you got you were rambling around after running away for a while. So fifteen, sixteen, yeah, running away on the streets, you and know, you kind became of thing. you got sucked into the Christian got thing. Sucked when? into the Christian things at that time because of course you're you know abused, you know invalidated teenager, mm-hmm. and some idiot comes by and paints a big picture of this heavenly father that's right. going to forgive you, and right. you know you just can't masturbate you know, or say bad words <laughs> or do anything else that validates you as an individual. <laughs> but it's really cool, and uh, you know you're dumb and young, and so you go for it. Right. And so then I did, you know, obviously I was always, you know, liked humor and yeah. telling jokes, trying to make people laugh. And and so I did the Christian comedy thing and that worked really and well. And you were working in that. 
sphere. Yeah. You were making money doing yeah, that Yeah, I'm making stuff? some. Yeah, I was doing, you know, I was doing a lot of shows. I had a band called The Disciples. Oh, okay. And uh, and we traveled around a little bit. Nothing the major. Disciples, huh? Yeah, nothing That's major. Yeah. Our big hit was No Surfing in Hell. <laughs> we were no, we were like number 1 on like literally like oh. you know, like 70, 80 Christian rock stations. No shit. With a cassette <laughs> of No Surfing in Hell. <laughs> the worst music you've ever heard in your life. A couple of the songs. Yeah. And that's the other thing I'm I'm grateful that I never got famous for because <laughs> some of that music <laughs> that I wrote yeah was so bad <laughs> so so bad yeah. <laughs> that you know they'd be like hey remember Boogie when he played this Boogie sucks Boogie sucks <laughs> which I've only I've been tempted to play on perverted podcast because yeah, yeah. I have a couple of, of those things that are <laughs> awful some of them musically were like okay kind of you, you know not bad you yeah, know it's, it's like that's fun right. and the guitar player I had this kid you know he was you know he was just a kid but he was like the f- pretty good. phenomenal yeah. kid and, and the drummer you know so the band was really good <laughs> and we had fun and yeah. there was a couple songs that were like alright that's a for what it is yeah 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 it's an okay that's a good <laughs> That's not a bad story, but there's some. Not some, bro. Oh my god! Like I hear, I can hear. I'm I because of the way my brain works. I can literally just live, and maybe you reckon no, you can live in that embarrassment mm. from 30 years ago. Oh, you can literally just like when I walked out on stage at that Green Day show, mm. and they flipped me off and spit at me and cussed me out when I was on K-Rock, and I wasn't ready for that, and I mooned them with my bare ass, 11,000 people, 20 years ago. I still live that, yeah. that shame. Wait. What? That was a real thing that happened? Yeah, that was a real thing, yeah. Why were you on a stage with Green Day? I worked at, K- I worked oh, at the station. Oh. And so you do the on stages. And I had ah. just started and I thought people would like me. Yeah. And I didn't know it was cool to hate the station yeah. because it's corporate. And, you know, uh, even though they all listen to it and they're at the show because of the station. Right, right, right. And they buy the album. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that it was, I wasn't ready for any of that shit. Yeah. I thought I was going to come in. People are going to like me. I'm <laughs> funny. And they're like, 11,000 people were like, Fuck you! <laughs> you fucking suck! And I'm like, whoa! <laughs> like, I'm like, I didn't dream about this when I was three. And there I am, just me and 11,000 people at the Cal State Dominguez Velodrome. Yeah. And I'm like, what do I do? And I'm like, you guys want to see my ass? And <laughs> I mooned 11,000 people wow. at the Green Day Force. Yeah, so, huh. yeah, that's, what, that's, the, that's how I roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, my kind of punk rock. It all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I live in a car now. <laughs> we can only laugh. Uh yeah. Are you you're looking for a job though? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you find one? I did. I found one at a burger place and it was cool because Five I guys, t- right? Yeah, I told them yeah. that I was perverted and, and whatever oh. and they yeah. still hired right, right, me. Right. They still hired me. <laughs> they asked me stories. I gave them warning that you oh. know, that you really want this and <laughs> They wanted the information, so I gave it to them. And <laughs> no, after shit. they got some of the blood back to their face, they still <laughs> hired me. But uh, but no, it was I have bad back issues. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. That, so I couldn't do couldn't as much it. as they wanted. But yeah, I'm looking for work, and that's a whole thing too, as yeah. you as you know, because that's part of not being punk rock anymore. Right. That's part of not being the anarchist anymore, because there's a certain aspect where you're like you're always holding out for that dream that mm. I get to be myself. Right. I have something to offer that I think that can offer a balance that can give people some inspiration and empowerment Mm -hmm. and at the same time help them balance because we do like our stuff. Mm. 
And so how, you know, I feel like I'm really good at that. And if I can just get this inner, you know, then I should be able to make a living doing that. Right, right. And then that's the the end of the dream when you go, no, mm. you got to go and, and play the game a lot deeper. You don't get to make money for being you. You have right. to go make money flipping a burger or right. doing doing whatever the hell you got to do just like every other goddamn person on the the planet yeah you know pretty much right. you have to do that and so there's a lot of a lot of sadness with that totally there's a lot of and it's stupid and a lot of homeless people i hang out with mm. homeless people suck by the way if you mm. just if you really want to know if you really want to know because i'm homeless so yeah. fuck you i get to say whatever <laughs> i want fuck you okay i hang out with these people we suck we are the most entitled mm. victimy mm. blame everyone else mm. but ourselves types of people right because we can't get over the fact that we aren't going to get paid because of our fucking prettiness mm. you know and our great brilliant ideas that go nowhere mm. we have to find that balance to where some people that are successful understand just like you try to tell your musician artist kids hey you may make it right have a side gig yeah and for some reason that side gig is so terrifying mm. it's so terrifying so you I haven't really had a side gig before not a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, like I worked at a pizza place in 2000. Right. And wow. then other than that, I, you know, janitor, you know, right. whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. still, it was taking care of a dungeon. Right. And so there, was, I was at a dungeon and there's mm. everything was very flexible. And sure. So I was still paying the bills, but, right. uh, you know, it was just different. But to, yeah, now it's like you, you got to go get a job and then you're old and right. you're injured and, right. you know. There's not just good. not as many opportunities, and a lot of it is like has to do with your body more, either being on your feet. Or yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I don't, I have no skills. <laughs> I dumped, I dumped everything into this magical thinking mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything was about the awesomeness of Count Boogie, right? That has no market value. Mm, yeah, so. Yet, <laughs> right? That's called hope. <laughs> I like you. That's called hope. No, and I don't yeah, have a lot yeah, of you, hope. You don't. You just do it because. Just because. You just, that's what you do. Yeah. You know, it, you just live your dream and then you die. <laughs> and and if you live your dream and or you follow your dream and then you die, you don't know you didn't make it. Mm. But if you give up your dream, then you're dead. Yeah. Because you died. Right. You already gave up, mm. you know, and that's, I have to understand that getting a job isn't giving up. Right. Giving a job is actually, if done right, brings me to the ability right. to follow the dream further. Definitely. And that's the, that's the big conflict right now. Word. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I hate working. That's bad. I do uh, like house cleaning as a side sure, gig. Sure. Or actually I clean a restaurant more now. Just do some floors, bathrooms. Um, See, I love that stuff because there's usually no people. Yes, I just listen to po I will listen to your podcast. Yeah, or just other just podcasts. where I love janitor jobs yep. because it's literally like this is after everyone leaves, Alone. you know, and you're just yeah. like, okay, I can. Here's my task list, and right. you know, go do it. Yeah, just those types of jobs I love. Dance with the mop. That, oh my god. Yeah. God, or the you ever had you ever do the floor buffer? Not since college. Yeah, I did janitor stuff in college. It's a great too. machine. Good stuff. I did a video. Oh, <laughs> there we had the we had the floor thing in the in the dungeon, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go shoot a video with this, and I literally took off all my clothes <laughs> and pulled my underwear up my ass, and I was really fat at the time, <laughs> and I did this like weird dance with it, and I put it in a video, and people were like. <laughs> 
can can you have this ban <laughs> from YouTube? We never want to see this. It again. was pretty trolly. It was <laughs> yeah. pretty much just a troll. I'm sure it would have made a good meme for something. Yeah, yeah. Something insulting. <laughs> good, but I love that machine. Definitely. It wiggles so. You're nice. talking about the one you hang on to, not the one. Yeah, yeah. You the ride. one you hold on to yeah, with yeah. the big floor spinner. I on like it. those. You're the buffer, or whatever. The buffer like. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Those are good. Got de- <laughs> Just spin. They have a life of their own too, a little bit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. if you let go. Yeah, yeah. If you put a rubber band around it, it will spin and and knock out walls. And right, shit. right. Little pro tip there. Yeah, little pro tip. <laughs> don't let go. <laughs> oh um, man, isn't that isn't that like life? Don't let go, don't let go man. man. Just don't. Deep don't stuff let, on this podcast. No, no, actually, at some point, let go. Kill yourself. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, I balance. Right? No, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a. Very extreme binary it's, thing. It's very whatever, you know, <laughs> when you're done. Because believe me, I don't mean to get dark. I don't yeah. know about your listenership or whatever. No, they're dark. But yeah, okay, good. Because uh, my preferred method to die would be killing myself. Mm. Because I'm a control freak. Oh, nice. You yeah. know, I would love to be able to be like, I think this is the time. It's time. And I'm just going to do that. Right. You know, I don't know. We look at suicide really weird. I in, know. In it's kind of everyone's. Up. I understand the idea of when somebody is sick, they haven't looked at all their options. Yeah. So you want them to at least try to look at all their options before they kill them. Because once you kill yourself, you can't look at any more options. You're talking about like you, assisted suicide sort of no, thing? No, no, no. I'm just talking about how we how we kind of constantly try to stop people from killing themselves. Right. You know, and in one sense, you're like, I understand you're in a very, you know, a lot of people, if you're going to kill yourself, you're 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 fucked up. You're a little sad, yeah. you know, and, and you're irrational right. and you don't have a way out. Right. Some people are sick and suffering mm. and in a lot of pain mm-hmm. and they have looked at all the options and there is no, they don't see anything in their future that is worth that pain right. and suffering. Right. I believe those people should be completely allowed sure. to, to end their own life. Yeah. That that should be something because the thing is, is people are like, you're so selfish. You're so selfish. Mm. But right. but are you going to live their pain? Mm. You're going to feel good about yourself. Oh, I saved their life. Oh, right. look at them. They're pale and they're white and they right. want to die every fucking day of their lives, but they're not killing themselves because they just guilt tripped them into feeling nice. sorry for me. Yeah, yeah. So, I have, yeah, I have different views. No, I definitely have thinking along those lines with that, too. Yeah. It's strange, too, like, put any negative shit on somebody who's already in a like obviously negative place and it's great i understand <laughs> our selfishness we don't mm. want people to that to we love die, to go yeah, away to lie and go yeah. away right. but i mean best thing i ever did was uh give my dad permission to off himself mm. when he was real sad mm. and i just said look you know you're an adult and mm. i'll miss you mm. but i i'm not gonna have any judgments of you mm. and that was like 10 years ago guess what he didn't kill himself oh he felt like he had support and he felt like somebody wow. gave him Finally, just the permission to be himself, right? You know, right, and right, uh, right. and so that was actually a good moment for him. Interesting, yeah. yeah. So it's not always going to work. Some people are going to go, "Thanks, man. I feel a lot better." <laughs> <laughs> and then you're really like, oh, "Did I cause that?" Yeah. You know? No, you didn't. They did it. If right. they killed themselves, they are in charge. Right, right. You right. know, That's so their call. So there. Look, look at it. Look at. See, we That's get to go deep. Sweet. You're looking at the time on the thing. You're like, "Wow, I should have shut this wow, short. This is <laughs> too long. Should have right. cut." This should have cut this short. <laughs> we've gone like 42 minutes, so we've got some time, I guess. Okay, so what um, else do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. Um, we haven't. I'm very interested, I guess, in your trajectory with it, like the. Well, of course, like childhood trauma, uh, Christian thing, marriage, and then. I guess I'm, I'm really interested in the Christian thing now because where I come from, like. 
It's kind it's big. of the Bible Belt. Sure. It, it, but it's not. Like, it's funny to me, something I've been realizing with Montana is like how Southern it is in different ways. But really, that means like rural or country also. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you go to the outskirts of a structure, then you find these things. Um, but it seems like, well, part of why I wanted to come talk to you is because I want to like take home stuff like this for like people that I think need it. Like something I've noticed a bunch in my hometown and in that region kind of is just because of these sort of like Christian roots and puritanical roots, there's this weird, um, I don't know if you call it like a, uh, well, and you have to forgive the term, but like a bipolar um, relationship with with sex, sure. where like people, and this isn't this is pretty common everywhere and all sorts of different things, but people like at once act very like upright and square, but then of course like their porn habits or whatever suggests something different. So I'm really fascinated is like how many people there are like me in Montana essentially that are like currently doing kinky shit but like if you go to a rope class or whatever in billings there's like 10 people there you know what i mean you're this is literally a a lifetime of discussions yeah and that is the the image that we portray Uh and then our actual carnal desires yeah and the social punishment right that we receive from religion from our families from society mm-hmm. that wants to keep us down so they can control us and say these things are all bad mm-hmm. so now you have people that don't go to that rope class mm-hmm. they have that desire they think about it in private mm-hmm. they probably feel some guilt and shame over it because they've been told to feel guilt and shame over it right but that desire keeps building mm. and eventually without any positive outlets any positive understandings about what's good to do what's bad to do what's safe to do what's consensual to do mm. that builds and builds and in some people that manifests into a very negative behavior right predatory because it's just predatory behavior or it comes out and they harm themselves. Mm. You know, you have lots of people that choke themselves doing self bondage. Oh, David sure. Carradine, right? Um, and I knew some things uh, from people that worked very closely uh, with him. The guy from Kung Fu. Yeah. And I, I, from everything I've heard, he didn't have a community. Mm. And some of the people that were around him made him shamed him. You know, mm. when they found out about this. Mm-hmm. So, um, so of course you do that all by yourself, and, and you go the, further into, and the, you go further into uh, that because that's your kink, right? And then you make a mistake and you kill yourself, right? Right. Now I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but mm. that is what happens in a sense with so many people. Sure. So that's what's so important. Or they go into addiction or something. Too. They go, or it yeah, just yeah. manifests into right. something really negative, yeah. which is so sad because, and we were just talking about this last night with a, with some friends. Um, the, the distant, there's still so much of our entire planet that literally believes we're some sort of alien creation of a God and that that God made animals yeah. And then, but we are this separate thing. Mm-hmm. We are this separate, special, right. not animal thing. Definitely. So there's, so if we do things that are like animals, then that's bad because right. we're not animals. We're right. this special thing. And we're fucking up that boundary. Yeah. yeah. And so the other point of view is if you look at nature and you look at us and you look under a microscope, we are animals. Mm. 
And if you watch the behaviors of animals in the wild, they're very, some of the mammals are very aggressive, predatory, molesty, rapey, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, And that's part of nature. So it it makes absolute sense that we have a lot of these carnal desires and aggressive desires and kinks and things like that. But we're not with, that different. But we're not di- we're not different at all. Yeah. So if those desires are there and they're part of our lizard brain and the back brain, there's nothing wrong with that desire being there because that's part of nature. Now it's where part of we us, yeah. now, now we have this brain that is grown in the front mm. that helps us navigate whether it's good or bad to do. Ah. And if we could just allow that to be, if we could just go, hey, you know what? I think of a lot of hideous, depraved things <laughs> that would actually be very bad for society. Uh. Great. Maybe we can have that manifest in a positive way so you don't feel repressed, but you're not actually hurting anyone or being right. non-consensual or hurting yourself. Right. Maybe you could do something called a role play. Mm with a partner that also has similar carnal desires. Right. And you could work out in that role play right. where you get to act out some of these darker fantasies yeah. in a safer way and then have a positive experience and not explore. hurt yeah. people. Right. And until we start allowing the difference between thoughts and actions, then we're going to continue mm. to have, and I'm not saying a rapist is a rapist. Right. You know, a, a rapist isn't about sex. You know, we mm. know that it's about control and violence, power, and, and power. Yeah, but there are a number of sexual assaults and a lot of mm. negative sexual behaviors that occur because people are just stupid and they're trying to get what they want, or they mm. read a, you know, they it's just they don't have the information. Wow, and a lot of that could be avoided mm-hmm. by having honest discussions about the fact that we we have fantasies right and so yeah so yeah this could be years you could spend years on this right 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 well just on that note like something that i noticed when i first started going to like that rope class is like how much consensual uh protocols are like built into like bdsm yeah hopefully oh hopefully like good ones um where and it's funny because it like kind of normalizes it and it like in our broader culture we have like me too stuff going on and so we have conversations about consent going on but they're like kind of formal like they don't seem like that helpful to people like what i'm trying to get at is is in in rope play like you ask pretty much every little movement like is that okay like how about this i'm gonna tighten that or like uh is that too much and there's a casualness about that that is like refreshing compared to Kind of the awkwardness around other issues that we have. Well, it's, it's that thing when you're trying something with someone because you're, once again, it's that potential for that negative behavior. Right. And we don't want to get, look, I live in that lifestyle, okay? Yeah. So we don't want to give the impression that there's not predators and shitty people and right. people that come into that lifestyle. Just like any church, sure. bowling league, or anywhere, there's always going to be the predators that don't give a shit right. about the other person mm. and they're there to manipulate people right. and, and, and that. So that being said, you know, it is it is very refreshing to build something with somebody because a lot of mm. people are like, oh, it's not going to be spontaneous unless I rape them, right? You know, and and it's just like, <laughs> okay, well then you're a fucking rapist. <laughs> but, but if you say, 
um, well, I like the idea of spontaneity, but I don't want to rape someone. Yeah. Well, great. Then you can work, uh, you can find and negotiate a common ground and, and still have a great time. Yeah. My partners mm-hmm. that I have, mm-hmm. I do. I just grab them sometimes. Mm. And I bend them over. Yeah. And I do things <laughs> and they like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't do that with strangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that. And even there are times, and that's where you you have a communication with mm. your partners where you can read their body language. Right. They will have a safe word, you know. Mm. Or they'll they'll say, I'm not in the no, no, really. This is the no. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. My partner, uh, five and a half years Mew. loves Mew. Yeah loves aggressive consensual non-consensual play right and gives me blanket permission day Mm. night whatever Mm. even if i seem like i don't like it you know whatever and that's what she says yes Uh but i do know that when she doesn't like it she will say things a certain way oh and then i will stop yeah and that is something that we have discussed and and whatever because you never assume just because you get permission from someone that that permission is always there of course yeah you know and that's a big mistake well we fucked once right. like 17 years ago right. you should be ready to fuck me again right no maybe you sucked 18 years ago yeah. and they don't want anything to do with you um, or whatever yeah. so there's yeah there's always that ability to find that consent and it is amazing and for someone like me I'm into the show and the performance and the before being and after. Mm-hmm. So I love talking with my partners. Yeah. It doesn't mean we always talk a lot. Before? Before. Yeah. yeah. We don't, you know, like you said, oh, every ask permission. Every sure, you way. don't negotiate Yeah, like and that. sometimes, yeah, absolutely. With some people, you need to do that because they need that validation every knot. Right, right, right. You know, and then there's some people that are like, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm self-advocate, and right. I will let you know what I don't like. Right, right, right. You know, so you just don't you don't put on any one person that, oh, they're this way or this way. Mm. You allow them to, in, through communication, right. to let you know what they're like. And yeah, if somebody, because yeah. I have played with people like that, that are like, I'm really nervous, I'm, you know. Well, I, this I, is newbies, like me, yeah, me and a partner learn how absolutely. to do yeah, And yeah. in that case, it is the safest mm-hmm. To not assume each right, step. Right. You can still keep it sexy by saying it in a sexy way. Sure. You know? you Because right. you, if you ask apologetically, that's not hot for a bottom. <laughs> you, if you're the top and you don't know what you're doing yeah, and yeah. you ask everything apologetically, then mm. it's not going to be hot for them. Yeah. Ask a, How does that mean? Well, what, what I'm saying, it, it's it's different in like, your tone. Can I do this? In your, in your, in your intention. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh. you can say very, spe- you know, I've, I, I did that literally. I had, I, I had the love boat. I'll talk about it tonight. <laughs> we had three of our partners there. Um, they're all on the table, all these cute butts. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> I know one of them is uh-huh. not a heavy bottom mm. and I know another one is a heavy bottom, mm-hmm. but once again, I haven't played for in a while, so I don't know mm. if they're a heavy bottom today. Mm. So if you hit someone medium and you go, is that okay? Is that, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Is that okay? Then for people that want to be taken, yeah. that's not hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you swat them and you go on a scale of one to ten, what is that? Mm. And they go, a three. You say, would you like a five? Mm. You can still have the right. intention that you're asking permission, but you're sh- still not it's being a firmer. pussy about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still be like, I would like to take you farther. Are right. you interested in doing that? Right, right, right. You, you are still asking consent. Yeah. But you're approaching it in a way that doesn't let your character 
to that apologetic thing down. Yeah. So you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So there's ways, and, and obviously there's a million ways to do it, but sure. if your intention, if they know your intention is to take care of them while at the same time take care of yourself, mm. because that's what a, a dominant is, is mm-hmm. dominance is, dominates the situation. Mm. I have a plan. I have control mm. of this situation. We will negotiate and work, and if I fuck up, I have to own that fuck up, but in Word. But I'm coming in from that plan. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a way to there's a way to do it. Yeah. Because I've heard so many <laughs> complaints from bottoms. Of, they just apologize the whole time. Mm. It really wasn't sexy. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so I wanted to make the difference. You know, definitely. You said that new people will be. That's sorry, I'm rambling. No, yeah. it's great. Um, let's the tape run out yet. <laughs> tape is almost out. We have four minutes. Do you want to do armpit farts or something just for the whole just, time? It <laughs> would be great. Mew. Who is not large in the chest um, <laughs> can actually sternum fart. Oh. It's like her greatest trick in the world. Oh shit! Like she can literally cup it and go weep 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 wow. weep in her chest, and everyone just watches in amazement. <laughs> and then the way she laughs at herself afterwards, it gives her so much joy. <laughs> I got it recorded. I thought yeah. I did once, but no, I got to get a recording and just be like, "This is Muse's favorite trick that she does. <laughs> she does sternum farts like armpit farts. That is so weird. Yeah. And then, and then the, what's fun is then there's seven women on the bed trying to do it. <laughs> And they're all just whacking themselves in the tits. And I'm like, keep trying. <laughs> keep trying. You almost got it. <laughs> it's good to be a pig. Yeah, you're a bad man. <laughs> that's me. Um, okay. So I've been sitting with Boogie. I think we'll probably just wrap it up Sure. Here. Thanks so much for your <laughs> They've time. They've turned this off a for, long yeah, time nobody's ago. Nobody's here. <laughs> They've turned this off a long time ago. All right. They're like, you should get somebody <laughs> a little more coherent. Maybe. No, I think it was really good. Um, everybody, Bo- Boogie. Do you have a last name, Boogie? Well, my legal name is Count Boogie. Count, it is legal. Light legal. Oh, That's count boogie. Okay, okay. Yeah. Everybody count boogie. Thanks. All right. Well, that about does it for this episode of Filthy Talk. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And thank you again to Boogie for his time and for talking to me. I hope to meet up with him again soon. Sometime. Somehow, maybe. Uh, again, check out DryFest 7.5 at waste-division.org. Big thanks to our main sponsors, Bloom and Imagine Inc. Um, or Bloom Montana, I guess their full name. And check out our other sponsors at waste-division.org as well. Buy early bird tickets for 10 bucks, Get a little deal. Save $5. And um, check out our Patreon, I guess. Yeah, you can support us. We It's nice to have money. It helps doing work. Um... Oh, music today is by a local band out of Billings called Bill Moved Away. They are a great band, good songwriting, and I really like the harmonies. Here, Maddie Alpert sings them, and she does a really beautiful job. Um, and she also has her own band called Maddie Alpert, Maddie Alpert and the Very Nice Boys, I believe. And they are playing Dry Fest 7.5 as well. So if you dig that, come check out Maddie. Check out other folks at DryFest 7.5. And yeah, this song is called Mid-Crisis, Mid-Life Crisis Blues. Okay, we'll see you next time. Across the yard and I'm tired 
searching for palindromes came up empty and I God know where I'm going to, got no one to talk about loneliness. Somewhere I guess it's someone who knows where I'm going. For some life savings, lose dignity while I love. Oh, sunlight.